Hi, everybody. It's John Peterson in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> there, John? Hey, Jack. And Jack Graham up here in the Seattle area with uh, podcast number 11 in the uh, series called We Talk Photo. And welcome, everybody. Uh, today, it's a beautiful day in Seattle, 52, drizzling, just gorgeous. Another day to go out and go out and come back in and go to work. Typical Northwest weather. It is, but you know what they say up here, John? Hmm. Summer begins July 5th. That's about true, yep. And it always ends the third week of October. It's an amazing thing. The first rainstorm is like... It's like clockwork. It's like the third week of October. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Anyhow, today, um, you know, we have a really special guest today, um, a young lady who's just a, a really good friend of mine and and a lot of the glue for what I do with the Fuji Film Company. And I'm going to introduce Miss Stacy Moore, who's based in Atlanta. Stacy, good morning. Hey, good morning, Jack and John. Good to be with you. Yeah, and uh, today, um, you know, typically uh, we, we haven't done any um, product-centric uh, podcasts. Maybe we did that one with ProGrade Digital, which was, went over really well. But today, you know, we're going to kind of be uh, Fujifilm-oriented, and that's why we have Stacy here. Stacy, what is your, you know, I know you so well, what, what is your title? I don't even know that what your title is. <laughs> Hardly anybody does. <laughs> I, uh, my, my formal title um, is field marketing manager. Ah. And uh, so really what that entails is I kind of look at the landscape, see what needs to be done, and assemble it into a uh, productive outcomes <laughs> yeah i guess would be a, a good way to put it there you go well you know typically we do when we do this podcast they see you, you, you i don't know if you've heard any of them we typically do a few things about news in the photo industry and some other things we're going to skip that i thought about doing that today i had some good ones too um and i'll save them for the next one because i want to spend most of the time talking um with with you and and john here um and, and bring some great information about what goes on uh, that people may not know about or think about um, with Fujifilm. And um, John, you, as you know, is a, is a, is a, a Fujifilm user, as uh, as I am, and uh, we've we've uh, drunk the Kool Aid already. Mm -hmm. Love the products and. All of that good stuff. It's just so good to have you here. It's so good. We do, folks, for you know, you know, people who listen to these podcasts, we have notes of what we want to talk about, and we have a kind of an itinerary here. So we're just going to follow that and take it and see where it goes. And again, these podcasts are fairly informal, but hopefully informative. How about you, John? Anything you want to pop in with before? We no, other than, uh, you know, us both being Fuji shooters, we have a little bit of a bias towards this. And so I think I, I yeah. think we're both very excited to have Stacy on the line with us and talk a little bit about uh, 
what what Fuji is and where it's going. So really we excited. Can, when I when I run my workshops, though, I tell everybody in the beginning. I said, I, I it, typically, you know, uh, it's not the camera, it's not the brand, it's you if your images are not looking good. So um, there's a lot of good product out there, but we love our. Fuji lenses and our Fuji film cameras and all of that good stuff. So Stacy, we're already you don't have to, we're, we're already sold, you know. So. <laughs> I won't try to sell you then. Yeah. Just, just a little background on, on 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 you. Could we do that? Sure. Sure. So um, I started actually on the lab side when um, <laughs> about twenty five years ago, actually. So I was working. As a as a librarian in Charleston, South Carolina, and read an ad in the newspaper in the one ads. Yep, they used to advertise for jobs in the newspaper. Oh. Um, and I sent in my resume, and they flew me down to Orlando, Florida, for this interview. And I knew I was never going to get this job because it was these guys in suits, and they were super serious. And I was this hippie chick librarian, and. Um, so I just kind of let it roll, informal, yet informative, like you said, Jack, a second yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, and just was real – I just got comfortable with them, and it was a 10-hour interview. It was terrifying, but I, you know, by the end of it all, it was very comfort, comfortable. Wow. And I ended up actually getting the job. And so what the position was was um, a field sales rep for um, bringing in – business for our big commercial labs, which, which at the time were called Fuji True Color Labs. And so what we were doing as a company at that time was assembling all these various labs, small kind of mom and pop labs, and bring them online under the Fuji True Color umbrella. And my job was selling the services of Outlabs. So, you know, the old drop boxes where you'd put your film in an envelope and then put it in a drop box. Yep. Uh, so that's what I sold were those services to, to small chains of, you know, grocery stores and drug stores and anywhere, you know, college bookstores, anywhere I could get it in. And I would actually um, physically build some of these drop boxes make the signs myself, rent a U-Haul truck, <laughs> put the thing in the U-Haul truck, deliver it, uh, you know, to, to the stores. Um, and so that was my first job at Fuji. Um, that was a, a huge learning experience. It was so cool to see what you're able to shape, you know, stuff that needs to get done that um, they just go, all right, do it, you know, have at it. One of the things that folks don't know, I mean, they know, they probably remember Fuji film, you know, the film stuff. We're going to talk about film here in a minute, but, you know, Fuji film was a film company. And I, I believe to this day, that's why um, the end product that comes out of the cameras looks so good because they are always were a film oriented company where they were concerned with skin color and tonation and things like that. My, my yeah, you're spot on. I, I think um, that's, you know, that was our, our first product in 1948, I believe it was, if I'm remembering my history correctly, was, you know, our first roll of film. And um, ever since then, I mean, people do often ask you guys 
uh, or ask us rather, um, why do you still have film in your name? Uh, is film still relevant? And yeah, absolutely. I mean, film not only informs uh, our, our photographic destinies, even in the digital age, but film, when you think about it, it it's just a coating. It doesn't always mean photographic film. And I think what's interesting is when you look at the, the history of Fujifilm um, and years ago seeing uh, the decline in photographic film that uh, you know our president saw coming down the pike was being able to reuse photographic film in other ways. How are, how are we going to stay alive while using this thing that has been our lifeblood? Yep, and, yep. Um, you know, I think a lot of people know the story about how that unfolded. You know, it's a coding. And so we started coding things like medicines and, um, uh, shoot, LEDs, LCDs, uh, screens, capacitive resistance, um, so many different, you know, TV backup cameras, lenses for that, coatings for all of those types of things, and um, even uh, creating a filter for craft beer breweries, which is one of my favorite uses of hmm. Fujifilm technology, is um, sure. so that they can filter out any impurities. And so, um, you know, when you think about photographic film, yeah, that's why we still have film in our name. It has so many uses and it's so adaptive. And that's what has led history to, uh, to future, you know, is film. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So you've been around a bit and seen things change like crazy. So, um, John, let's go uh, into this list of discussions that we want to get into and um, address uh, address some things. I'll I'll let you run this here for a couple minutes while I listen in. Yeah, Jack's still recovering from his cold that has gone on forever. So, Stacy, so you've been there for twenty five years. What what keeps you there? What what do you like about working for Fujifilm? Oh, gosh, that's a really great question, John. I think being here, um, it's been like one of the best relationships of my life, I think. Fujifilm is just really a generous company, but flexible in that they want you to um, contribute and contribute in the way that you see – necessary i think it's it's been a really great ride for me because um you know you you have the adaptability and the flexibility to see something that needs to get done or be addressed and they trust you to do it and and it's not just you know fujifilm us it's it's fujifilm global it's all the fujifilm companies all over the world so you know, it's not just me in my position. It's, uh, you know, it's Jackie Hillier in her position, John Gordon, Brian Holmes, Jeff Hensey, Victor Naranjo. It's everybody out in the field and it's everybody in marketing who you see what needs to get done and, and, and do it. You know, it's like your mom would always say, find a need and fill it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I always kept the philosophy of something else my mom always used to say is uh, always show up early 
never show up empty handed and always offer to do the dishes. And, and it's kind of that same thing in a business philosophy, but in a really homespun way is, is just see what needs to get done and, and do it and be generous about it. And Fuji really respects that type of work. I think is just keeping it on a human level. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, so does that sort of that vibe, that philosophy sort of relate or translate into the business market, how you guys market yourselves out to consumers or what's sort of their philosophy around running the business? That's a great question. I feel like John, it does because it is taking something that can be terribly dry and, uh, you know, data driven and, um, and, and turning it into a human side because, you know, what we are is both a business and a creative company. Um, I think what the philosophy is, we do have to meet certain, uh, benchmarks and we are, we are driven by, well, what, what do we have to do with this product? You know, we have goals that we have to meet. Yeah, you but, have to make some money. Right, yeah. <laughs> what, what drives us in that direction, though, is it's almost a split 50-50 approach in that, well, here's what, here are the targets that we have to meet, but how is this meeting people's needs? How is it changing their work, their creativity, their joy and perception of life. There's really a human side to Fuji. And I think, um, you know, it's something that not a lot of people really know about Fujifilm. Maybe some people have the perception, you know, because we have the Kaizen philosophy of continual um, uh, uh, updates for firmware and always helpfulness. But I think from, from an inside perspective, you know, it's it's easier um, to to understand when you try to uh, reach out to others at trade shows when we get to do things uh, in the field and people go, "Wow, you're really human." Um, you, you know, there is the business side, but there's that human side. And and one thing I always think I we have to do a better job of sometimes is just managing people's expectations that you're a global brand. So they have these ideas that um, you're very uh, insular and have all these, you know, silos and towers. And we're not really like that. EID, Electronic Imaging Division, uh, because we produce things that need to be meaningful to creative people, we feel like we, we have to have a human approach to it. But more than that, we get to have a human approach to it. You know, I think that is the, the greatest gift of um, being on this side of things. You know, um, I, I always say we're a global brand, but we're run like a family business because the, we only have five people right now on our marketing team. We normally have six people on our marketing team. Uh, about a year ago, we had three people on our marketing team. So um, that's something most people don't expect. They expect this huge sort of business machine kind of thing. And we're really just not that way. Um, 
I like being able to just pick up the phone and call somebody when I see something on Instagram, somebody has asked a question or, you know, things like that, that, um, make it meaningful is, is that human side, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for that. You know, does that, does that human side also sort of drive product development? Is that, I, I heard you say the thing, you know, what does it do for somebody? And, and too often in product design and product development, we're all, we're going after spec sheets. We're going after market niches, product line niches, um, oftentimes without thinking, well, does this really deliver value and benefit to the consumer? I think that is our number one tenet of product design. You know, if you've seen any of the interviews online from Fujikina and the development of GFX 100, um, and, and the development of the GFX 50S, which was the first GFX we came out with, um, or, or even just back to the X100 um, and X-Pro1, the first X-Series cameras we came out with, is um, how are photographers – what is the most frustrating thing, first of all, that photographers face? And how can we get around that? And so that is sort of, um, you know, asking usability questions, how something feels, what does this mean to you? Um, and then that color adaptation is, you know, our color fidelity comes from, hmm. uh, you know, both a technical perspective, the colorimetric chart, but also memory color, which is developed through basically people's descriptions of how a color makes them feel. And that's really connected to emotion too. And so, you know, all of these things are, I think, uh, approached from a human standpoint and then translated into something that can produce a technical outcome um, and then given back to, you know, people out there who helped, uh, um, you know, build it, if you will. And say, how do you like it now? How does it work for you now? How does this feel? And that's a lot of times the first thing we do um, is put a camera in someone's hand and say, how does it feel? Uh, You know, do you do you have this emotional connection to it? And so, yeah, from a design perspective, um, the human side really, really matters. And, And all of our engineers um, we have one female engineer on the team in, uh, in Japan and, um, uh, but most of them are men and these guys come from a really, really disciplined, um, engineering backgrounds, but they also have this, uh, passion for photography that feeds their human side. And, um, we've got some really great storytelling, uh, kinds of content coming out soon, that uh, I'll share with you guys later um, that, that really tells about our, our engineers and how they, uh, how they connect to the product, uh, you know, mm-hmm. through their love of, of mm-hmm. photography. Oh, which is awesome. You know, just uh, as a brief aside, when you talk about putting the camera in somebody's hands and how does it feel and that, <clears throat> excuse me, that made me flash back to when I started shooting Fuji years ago, um, my, I got reinvigorated in my photography. It was it was kind of 
mechanical and wrote what I was doing. And when I started picking up Fujifilm cameras on a regular basis, my, my photography got reinvigorated. And that was because my interaction with the tools was, <coughs> excuse me, was reinvigorated. And there's something to ergonomics and usability and thoughtfulness in camera design that can really help bring some energy and excitement to the photographer. You know, I totally agree with that. And it's one of the things that I think I love the most. I always say, you know, let let the camera get out of your way, you know, just or get out of your own way. You know how we have been so used to um, and we've built up all this muscle memory over the years of going through menus and using, um, you know, settings inside a camera that you don't know what you're about to shoot until you turn on the camera. You got to kind of get your head about you, get your wits about you a little bit before you start shooting. And um, I remember, you know, I'm not a professional photographer. Like I said, I was a librarian before I got this job. <laughs> and so, you know, picking up a camera to me, but well, my grandparents did have a camera store when I was growing up, but picking up a camera to me was like a 110 or a disc or a little brownie, you know, nothing that was really robust. And to, to see... Uh, what you're actually seeing and to feel uh, and to actually create an exposure the organic way, I felt like this is something I'm really, really passionate about. You know, you can create an exposure the way that you've always known how to create an exposure, aperture, ISO, and shutter speed, and it's all right there. Um, and I think I don't know. You guys tell me what you, what you thought. I'd be so curious. You know, the, some people the, say the, the problem with cameras is a lot of the cameras stay. You know this. Um, the menu systems are convoluted. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuji's makes sense, and frankly, I don't even look at the menu. I don't need to. Yeah, I don't either. I have all my presets that I need and stuff like that. My, my XP3, I've got five or six function um, buttons that are set. Yeah. Everything is right on top. The compensation dial is there. Everything's what I need. Yep. And I could worry about being creative instead of I'm going to go into some convoluted menu to try to find, you know, where how you, you know, adjust this and adjust that. Everything's yeah. right there. And I immediately felt that. I think John went through the same thing. Yep. Uh, that the ergonomically, everything's right there. It's like the old Nikon FE, you know. It's like... It's just, what do I need to deal with that for? And, and well, sure. But I bet it took you guys a little bit of muscle memory to get used to it again. Because, sure. yeah, <laughs> and I think it's that way for everybody. There's always like a slight learning curve. But it really is organic photography. Get out of your own way and and build your own camera. <laughs> you know, do, do what feels good to you with these presets. Uh, you know, I remember when I went out with the XT1 and everything was or, or 100, the X Pro one. I mean, I had an X Pro one in 2012, tell that to 40, but I did. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and everything was right there. And, and I immediately said, Wow, I could worry about being creative here. I could worry about how do I, you know, how, how do I want to make this image look? Um, What's going on in the viewfinder? I didn't have to worry about that other stuff, and it was an immediate reaction, and it was it was uh, it was all good. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's when people's, you know, the light bulbs go off over your head um, is that excitement and instant connection. And it's more, you know, John, just taking it back to what you said, it's more that human connection to creativity than it is a specification driven blah de blah blah, you know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, 24 you know, point specs megapixel with a 16-bit raw pitch, you know, things like that. Just You can talk about specs, but at the end of the day, what feels good to you? What matters? Right. And, and is it feeding your work? You know, is it feeding um, your creative side? And so, yeah, it's a pretty emotional connection to the products for sure. It well, is. One, thing that, one of my gripes with, uh, with uh, Fujifilm – and I've told, I've said this to everybody, is that I don't think the company uh, tells the world how great their glasses. I mean, yeah, you got a Hollywood. They use Fuji film lens, Fuji Fuji non lenses. Oh, you our cine lenses are uh, legendary. Uh, yeah, go to an NFL game. It's probably yeah. probably a Sony or, or a Canon video camera with a Fuji film uh, Fuji non lens on it. Yeah, and NFL films use uh, Fuji non lenses exclusively for. I, I don't know why. I mean, the company's got to someday do that because I have to tell you, I think I own every lens that you guys make, and um, there's one or two that, on a scale of one to ten, or maybe a eight and a half to nine, but. Ninety-five percent of them are tens. They're so sharp. It's a, mm-hmm. That's that's half the battle. They are. You know, I think what you were saying about you know we we should be telling the world how great we are. I think that is part of the philosophy that that we'll, we'll never really do. <laughs> no matter how great you think you are. Having humility, I think, in this company is something that I really treasure. Uh, I think it's a it's a it's not a spoken business value or any kind of mission statement that we have. It's just that I notice we have um, we just keep our heads down, try to do what's right. We're comfortable in our own skin. We don't like to battle things in the market. You know, there's always. There are always industry types of arguments people try to drag you into as a brand and so forth. And I think what I love is that humility of not bragging and that humility of, you know, just keeping our heads down and not worrying about what the next big thing is in the industry, but worrying about what is our next big thing? What do people expect from us and how can we give it to them? Um, and is it reasonable? Is this the right thing to do? You know, it's like when we did the, I call it to call it the full frame flyover. When we came out with the GFX, um, that was something that I think, uh, you know, people, um, then tried to fill in that gap in between. Well, when are you coming out with full frame? Well, we're not, um, you know, just, staying with the things that are relevant for the photographers that are our biggest fans and even trying to, you know, add more in there. Um, that's the philosophy of, of the GFX 100, you know, bringing in uh, photographers who want to have the, the pleasure of that large format camera um, and, and using in-body in, in image stabilization and, um, you know, just keeping that uh, expansion if you will, uh, 
with with some humility. Excellent, excellent point. Yeah, that goes without saying. It's a it's a breath of fresh air. You know, people don't know. Stacy, you know, you know the story about the computer that that was built by Fujifilm to figure out how to build lenses. Oh yeah, yeah. And and that computer was bought by other manufacturers, and they used the Fujifilm computer to build their lenses. Yeah. you're right. The company's a very, um, it's kind of a, fa- it's like a, everybody's family here. It's really cool. And people don't know that, you know, Fujifilm corporate, I mean, they have medical products. They have semiconductor stuff. They've got cosmetics. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, I mean, an interesting oh, thing, John, oh, you know, yeah. so yeah, that was another use for, uh, for photographic film was, you know, collagen and, and um, well, collagen shares that common, uh, well, has the common ingredient in photographic film. Uh, so that, oh gosh, what is that face cream called? Uh, I probably, anyway, um, it has I collagen in it. <laughs> and it's made from... Uh, you know, not the same photographic film that we would use to take pictures, but you know, um, all this. Can I buy that the affiliate site? Do they have that for sale? <laughs> I need some. Do I, can I get a good price? I need a lot of them. I know, but there are so many of those things. You know, space satellites. Um, like you said, you know, NFL films using Fujinon lenses. Uh, uh, medicine. In fact, I was talking with this guy the other day. Um, I was following him on Instagram just because I liked his, his photos. And I'm not on Instagram to look for people. I'm on Instagram to spy on my nieces. I have six pictures posted on Instagram. I'm not an Instagrammer. But this guy had been posting and, and um, tagging some Fuji stuff. And, and so I called him and I said, I love your pictures and I just love your um, philosophy. You're kind when people ask you questions and you're supportive. And I said, um, I said, you know, can I be a resource for you or help you with anything at all? And and uh, he's like, well, gosh, I would really like to work at a Fujifilm office. And uh, I said, well, you know, we have one in New York but and, and one in California. That's about it. And he's in Atlanta, Georgia. He said, uh, he said, well, I see all of these dots on the map around the country of all these Fujifilm offices. And I said, yeah, those are all Fujifilm Medical. <laughs> and, and that's a, you know, Fujifilm Medical is a huge uh, global contributor to, uh, you know, to our bottom line, whereas photographic side of things is, you know, much smaller contribution than it used to be. So um, it's kind of interesting seeing how things unfold. With, I think it's the ultimate reduce, reuse, recycle philosophy, and that is taking photographic film and, and you know using it for all these other myriad purposes. For sure. So, hey, Steve, let's, let's oh, go ahead, Jack. Um, recently, I think I just read a couple weeks, maybe a week, that um, Fujifilm is actually bringing back um, a, a, a new or a, a, re, a remake of. Was it Acris 100? Yes, Neopan. Yeah, let's yeah. Talk, talk about that and why, what's the idea behind that? Well, you know, it's always a heartbreaker when I see a memo come across that says, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're 
getting rid of another film stock. And I think, oh, God, how are we going to tell people this? Because there's that emotional connection, especially with film. And when you see something that's, uh, um, you know, a, a, a technology, if you will, start to vanish or become irrelevant, um, it just makes you feel old, I guess. So anyway, when when uh, we started um, lessening production, shall we say, of, of some of our film stocks, and um, Acros was one of them, and that was just a heartbreaker because it's so rich, and people love Acros. Well, when we came out with Acros and put it in um, the X-Series and GFX cameras as a film simulation settings with the red, yellow, and green filter options, people were like awesome um it's great to have that option in there because it's so rich and so loved and i don't know this for a fact it's just a feeling i have but there's that emotional connection to the to the film stock that i think maybe um it it fed this reintroduction um it definitely you know over the past couple of years consumer feedback particularly from millennials um and generation z they've they've become the new film enthusiasts and so they're changing the market and you know i like to think a little bit maybe that the x and gfx film simulation settings uh putting acros in there (laughs) (laughs) help lead to the its rebirth but i i'm pretty sure that probably not true but um so yeah so it's it's neopan 100 acris 2 so uh everything has a sequel right the next generation um so it's it's basically the same same uh resolution the same fine grain and the same sharpness um so it fits you know all of the expectations I think that people have had in the past about it will be out uh, with it in Japan first, and then we'll start to introduce it to uh, to other markets based on demand. Well, and so this is for say I've been I just got uh, I got a delivery of three vinyl records this week, so maybe that. <laughs> Analogs coming back, right on in yeah. a really big way. And I think also, um, you know, so so we're, we'll have thirty five and and one twenty uh, in Japan in, in the fall. But I think um, you know later after we see how everything goes and, and take the temperature of its um, sales and so forth, we'll introduce it m- more around um, around the world. But I also have to wonder if these youngins, <laughs> if you will, who are also buying vinyl. Jack, obviously, you're one of these youngins. Yeah, um, but, you know, that tangible print that they learned how to, uh, you know, take a picture and make a picture using Instax. Because, you know, Polaroid had vanished from the landscape and Instax came in when really there wasn't anything. And so some young kids didn't even have any sort of um, learning curve with instant film and instant photography. And they've sort of grown up with that. And so that's really the millennial Gen Z group that think, oh, my God, that's so cool, something that's analog that I can touch. And 
you know, it's almost like typewriters are coming back. I was watching this thing on uh, Sunday morning a couple of weeks ago about typewriters making a, a big return. And people just want a tangible connection to things, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing to see how the sales volumes of that Instax line and how popular that is to have that physical medium in people's hands. People love it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And and I think one of the coolest things that we did with the Instax was come out with the uh, that printer, the share printer, so you could print from your phone right. uh, to, to make those prints. And, um, you know, it makes – I mean, think about all the images that are in, in smartphones, you mm. know, billions and billions and billions of them. And to be able to unlock those uh, by just connecting via Wi-Fi to, to one of these printers – gets people printing again and gives them, you know, again, that tangible connection. And then I think for, for us, uh, the three of us, our side of things, anybody who shoots X or GFX, having that tangible film connection, because you can Wi-Fi it to, uh, from an X or GFX camera to, uh, to the Instax printer as well. And so, you know, even as digital photographers, high-end photographer, professional photographer, you know, a lot of times um, people aren't printing, and we need to to think about that and expand sort of the consciousness. I think of of uh, the end result, the outcome. How how do we get it out there to make it um, a tangible thing? Thus, the advent of the. Uji film photo finishing product line that when you know people don't know you go to some of the huge big box stores and some of the factory outlet people I won't mention names but they're using Fuji film printers and paper and all stuff and it's all part of a big family and I think that's why that's why the, the color that comes out of my XT3 and John's GFX50 is what it is because Fujifilm is a film and color oriented uh, yeah. entity, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's a whole ecosystem there. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Stacy, we're running up. We're going to, we've got about another 10 minutes here. Um, I'd like, if you could, to talk about the company's philosophy, the Kaizen philosophy. John John uh, made a note of this on on the questions. It's a great question, John, and 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 why you know the thinking behind that when some of the other companies are, are just the opposite. You know, God, I think that points back again to our human side as a company. Um, I, we're not always trying to chase the next big thing or outdo others what we seek is feedback from people uh in order to continually improve you know a product or a process or a way of doing things and i think um you know to try to not it's loyalty as well as humanity to try to not um poke poke the bear so to speak you know hey if you give us some money then we'll give you, uh, you know, a firmware update. Or give us some money. Here's a new camera because you have to buy a new camera so uh, that you'll get this feature or function that you want. I think yeah. hey, Nikon, Nikon yesterday just announced they're bringing out a new D5. Okay, 
because they realized that Sony's kind of eaten their lunch and they realized that the stuff that they brought out wasn't where, where it needed to be. So now they're going to bring this new camera out. You know it's going to be huge. It's going to be a boat anchor. It's going to be probably four or $5,000. And they're telling all the people who just bought their mirrorless cameras, sorry, guys, we didn't get it right. Now we're going to bring out this other. I mean, you guys, and the X-T2 did seven firmware upgrades before you brought out an X-T3. Mm-hmm. So typically we don't do, you know, we'll, we'll prolong the life of a camera with firmware as long as we can until we run into a hardware issue. And that was the thing with the X-T3 was when, you know, we really wanted to um, update some of the functions with the T3. We had to have a new processor and a a new sensor. Um, There was just no other way to introduce some of the functions. Um, You know, same thing with the... Well, with XH1, well, obviously, with in-body image stabilization, that would be the most awesome firmware update ever. <laughs> well, it's right. my philosophy that in three or four years, that's going to be a standard, standard product in every mirrorless camera that's around. Yeah. I mean, keeping it relevant is really important to us, but also, you know, seeking out, well, what is it that... You know, what do you like? What do you need? And how can we build it in here? We just came out with a firmware update for the X-T30 uh, so that you can – well, actually, it'll it'll post day after tomorrow, which will be the 20th, um, that, uh, you know, when you pick up the X-T30, if you inadvertently hit the Q menu, it sends you into the Q menu. You might not want to go into the Q menu. And so what it lets you do is use the Q menu as a, as a different button altogether. You can program it as a function button uh, completely separately. So, um, you know, all of those, um, all of those firmware updates are just, I always get so excited. It's like being at a buffet and continually being served, you know? <laughs> you, you know, what's funny. I have to tell you, I'm not, this, I'm not making this up. I had a client on the Oregon Coast workshop who had an X-T30 and said to me, they said, Jack, you talk to these people. Would you tell them to do something about this cube menu button? <laughs> I'm dead serious. And, and he he was complaining about it. So there you go. Well, you tell him that you got it done. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you so, got the power. You know, uh, it's interesting. So um, do you guys have any other questions for me? Oh, I got a ton. Oh, I got a ton for you, too. We could probably go on all day, couldn't we? Yeah, we so, could. I'll tell you what. Why don't we keep going, John? Yeah. And maybe we may need to split this up into two weeks, and we can edit out what we need to do and add in what we need to do. Let's cover everything. I don't want to not cover Yeah, well, we got you, Stacey. I think that'd be awesome. Okay. You have the time, Stacey? Or you... I got the time. That's right. You've got the You've got the time. We're ready to go. John, um, go ahead with your with your next uh, idea down there. Well, I was going to ask you, so Jack touched on stabilization real quick. Could you share, you know, what's Fuji's philosophy around stabilization and how are we going to maybe see that manifest itself throughout the line in the coming years? Oh, man, that's a really good question. Without sharing I, any confidential information. Yeah, the stabilization situation is stable. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, actually, I think um, 
you know, I haven't, I don't have any insider information on stabilization. I think just my experience and being here, um, working with the product mirrorless is that, you know, the goal of mirrorless is to stay as small as possible. And, uh, you know, anytime you introduce, at least with today's current technology, uh, in body image stabilization, you've got to increase the size of the, the product so or the body. Um, and so we don't really want to do that. I think the XH1 is a good example that when we did it, um, you know, people have been asking and asking uh, for IBIS. And then when we did it, they said, well, why is it so big? <laughs> you know, well, because you have to have that. Um, there are heat issues. There's, uh, you have to have a, there's a, I think there's a heat sink in there. Justin was telling me that, you know, it takes up space and you've got to deal with the heat problem. You've got to deal with other things. I'm, I'm oh, amazed. Heat dissipation, gyroscopic, you know, you I'm, have to have a, a I'm stabilization plate. the size you did. Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, it's a great camera. Yeah. And well, so here's what's funny, there? y'all, is that, you know, when we came out with Ibis and the X-H1, everybody said, ah, we were so roundly criticized for it being so big. And then maybe after eight months or a year, it got really quiet. No one said anything about it. And they came back to us and said, this is such an underrated camera. Why don't you guys brag about this camera more? <laughs> well, you know what? In all, in all uh, due respect to Fujifilm, they, they could have marketed the camera a little better. And yeah. I don't think they told the customer what, you know, the, the XT series and the XH series are two totally different cameras. Yeah, they really are. And so if, I, I feel like, you know, this is not any kind of marketing speak or inside information, but, you know, it's almost like everything is a co-flagship. Um, in the X-Pro, uh, the X-H, and the X-T, they all stand on their own for those types of photographers for whom they're, they're, they perform yep. best. Yep. And so that's really what we seek to do. So I think the future of stabilization, <laughs> really honestly, John, is stable. Um, <laughs> they're... <laughs> I don't know that we'll come out with a, a lot more product with, with Ibis. Um, I think the big goal is to have it in uh, at least one camera to see h- how is this received? How does this perform in a mirrorless body? How does it work with our lenses? Are photographers embracing it? Yep. Because, you know, they asked for it then they criticized us about it with the, the H1, and then they said, oh, we love it so much. Um, they see, I so- think that camera tack sharp uh, at a tenth of a second. Yeah. And, 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 by the way, if anybody's thinking about it, there's some great deals, uh, great pricing deals that everywhere on the X-H1 right now. It's, a, <laughs> it's crazy what that camera's being sold for, so... <laughs> They are slashing prices. Huh? Yes, that's shameful. <laughs> Anyhow, but uh, yeah, I, I actually think that some point uh, stabilization is going to be uh, uh, it's going to be in every camera, but it's going to take a number of years for them to figure out how to make the size less than it is right now. I think that's right. How to keep it small and how to keep it um, well stable. (laughs) Um, That, you know, that's part of the problem It's just, um, it it takes hardware to do it right now. Whereas in the future, 
uh, hopefully a mix of smaller hardware and, and other technologies to really create effective um, image stabilization in a smaller body because that's the goal of Fujifilm with mirrorless is to, to, to get people out taking pictures and, and you don't take your camera with you if it's big and um, you don't take well, you just don't take big lenses along with you. Uh, you know, it's heavy, it's onerous to use, you know. So that's really the goal. Keep it small, keep it mobile, keep it light, but, you know, that's still, still sharp. The quality's still there. Yeah, and, and you know what I'll add on to that, though, Stacy, is that uh, with the high ISO performance now that we're getting out of cameras, the the I'm able to have a higher shutter speed, which reduces my need for stabilization in the camera. Right, that's true. That's yeah. a great point, John. So, yeah. So to me, there is kind of a software fix where I'm able to shoot confidently at higher ISOs, and I don't need it as much as I thought I did. Hmm. So. Yep. So, so oh, go ahead, Jack. Let's talk about uh, let, let's talk about uh, how about Capture One? Want to talk? Mention them? Oh my gosh, that was a big thing. Um, you know, for so long we had people asking, you know, what's when, when is it going to be compatible with Capture One? And you know, we don't really ever have any control over any of that. We had no control early on when we were trying to get Adobe to embrace. Uh, or, you know, so that our files could, could play well together, shall we say? Um, so finally, um, Capture One came out with a version to, um, Capture One Express, which is free, Capture One Pro, Fujifilm, and then just Capture One Fujifilm, both of which are paid subscriptions. Um, and I had never heard so much rejoicing. It was like, <laughs> yep. oh, yep. you could just yep. hear the angels singing. And I think that, you know, to, for, for unvarnished tethering, it's probably the best thing that we've done to have it uh, working with the 50S. Um, because the GFX 50S, you know, S kind of stands for studio, studio camera. Um, that is one that a lot of people um, were using to, to shoot tethered. And um, so to have that come out, uh, you know, in three versions, um, but also be usable with X-Series, uh, it has been a, a really resounding success. Um, we're we're happy that that's out there. We do a lot of training sessions um, online with them, and um, Capture One Express, like I said, is free. And um, then there's Capture One Pro, which is paid subscription, and, and Capture One um, Twelve, uh, all with Fujifilm at the end of them. But you know they're ma they're making versions for uh, you know a lot of manufacturers now, and um, I think it's good for them. You know, creating that symbiotic relationships. It's a great uh, partnership. You know, speaking of software, well, I will say one real quick. We, we don't, we've never been real great at software, but we had X Acquire software prior to um, us being compatible with Capture One. 
so that you could tether, but you had to use a plug-in and there was a workaround. It was really difficult using X-Acquire for, for that purpose. But I will say X-Acquire will let you, little known fact, um, back up your, uh, all your camera settings onto your computer and save them. So if you ever lose them or you have to do a hard reset or you have multiple bodies and you don't want to uh, have to, to um, reset each individual body, you can just uh, back it up using X-Acquire, which is free. It's on our website. I did not know that. That's yeah. pretty cool. Well, I'm glad I could teach you something you don't know. I, you know, you always teach me so much. So, so there's your little tidbit for the day. Well, that's great. It's uh, called Backup and Restore, and it's on Fujifilm X Acquire. Wow. Well, you know, there's a lot of a lot of um, a lot of discussion about Capture One. I think the people who've used it really like it. I don't think they like the learning curve that's associated with it. Um, but the product is really really good. And anything, no disrespect to my friends at Adobe, but anything that we can do to get out of that system someday is a good thing. It's a good thing. Hey, um, I'm looking at a roadmap, a lens roadmap, Stace. Oh, yeah? I'm seeing a really great lens that I think I want. Um, it's a 16 to 80, which would be a 24 to 120 F4. Aha. In the fall. Is that still on, on schedule to your knowledge? It is still on schedule, actually. We've got that on our agenda to talk about um, next week to start. Oh. Uh, so, yes, it's on the roadmap. We're still <laughs> still on track. That's about all I can tell you about it, frankly. That's okay. It's okay. It's, you're in the roadmaps. It's going to happen. I, I think it's a it's going to be a very, very versatile lens on uh, – and it'll have uh, it'll have stabilization, weather resistance. Very cool. Yeah. Very, yeah. I know Bill is really excited about it. He's yeah. already asked me to reserve one. I said yeah, so it's not gonna, born yet. <laughs> we're going to want those in the fall for our, uh, our our stuff if we can get a couple. Yeah. But um, hey, I'll definitely get you guys anything you want. Of course. Hey. Um, let, let's, uh, John, let's see if we can um, kind of just put this uh, podcast in perspective here and, and move on. Anything that uh, we didn't cover, Stacey, is there anything on your end that uh, that you'd like to, like to finish up with or add to? Oh, on my end. You know, I just want to say um, – think well we've got some cool stuff coming up in the future um i want to talk to you guys more about we've got uh you know loaner program we've got um let's talk this is great let's do that can we do that now oh you want to talk about it now yeah oh okay yeah cool yeah so um so we have a form that uh um you know jack you know how to upload it and all this but but so we're trying to get more gear in people's hands and we've had this loaner program in the past and it was based on trust and then 
deer never came back. So, uh, like I said, we're a human company. And so now we have a form um, that, uh, you know, if there's something that professional photographers want to try and, um, uh, you know, there's some new stuff out there, if we've got it in stock, we'd love to be able to put it in your hands. And you and Bill have some workshops next year that I think um, – you know, you mentioned this, um, the 16 to 80, the XF yep. 16 to 80 millimeter lens we want to get in your hands and put into that loaner program. And so the the workshops that you guys have coming up and, and um, you know, you and Jack, I mean, you and Bill, definitely the, the ex-photographer Nature Summits are really popular for loaner programs. People love <laughs> it's like, you know, ants just coming to the to the honey. Um, but. Uh, the the other workshops from some of our other ex photographers, we always have loaner programs, and when we do photo walks, we have loaner programs. So what we we really our goal is this year is to to get people out, come into events, come into your workshops, really publicizing everything. And you know what? Here, just try this because genuinely, what we want to know is. How do you like it? What does it do for you? Why does it matter to you? And tell us what we can do to make it better. Um, So that's a big goal of ours uh, coming up. You're going to see us a lot more, even though there are fewer of us uh, on the marketing team. uh, You'll see more of a presence of us um, just trying to get out there and and, uh, get get the feel for things. How how do you like it, you know? That's great. So it's fun how many guys there and. And, you know, the uh, Fujifilm also has a, uh, a a bunch of people who are technical, I don't know what you want to call them, technical, technical reps. What do we call Lewis? We call Lewis oh, he's a, yeah, technical. product technical specialist. We've got, oh my gosh, <laughs> Lewis, Chris, Jameson, yeah. Matt, John. Uh, those guys are great and in the field all the time. And then our, our support and technical hotline, just fabulous group. We have two Steves, uh, a Zaquar, a Dan, Kelly. They're, uh, they know everything about everything. Yep. And you can always reach them at 800-800-FUJI, which is 800-800-3854, option one. And, you know, some of the other things we're trying to do is create uh, quick start guides for each particular camera. John, I'd love to pick your brain about what you thought when you got the, the GFX 50S, um, you know, putting some of these things out there for the loaner programs. Here's a quick start guide, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just get started um, and what, answering some of the technical questions that our brainiacs at the tech hotline uh, typically face. I think that'd be an awesome idea. I mean, usability and, and being able to pick up a camera and just run with it are, are so critical for customer satisfaction. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that. I, I'll, I'll talk to you offline about that. Yeah, for great. sure. Cool. Hey, we have a, our, our podcast here has an email address, which is wetalkphoto at gmail.com. And I would like to extend for anyone, whether you're a Fujifilm user or some another brand, if you've got any questions for us, send them along and we'll forward them um, to either Stacy or the appropriate person and get an answer. And uh, I, I believe me, your, your emails will not go 
on red and uh, this company really has their act to get in terms of response so uh, send us a note if you've got any ideas or anything that uh, you know you'd like to see from Fujifilm and whatever we'd be happy to deal with that that's great you guys I've really loved hanging out with you today thanks so much for having me well I think we should do this again maybe um, maybe in six months or or later in the year, you know, uh, I, I, just because I didn't want to offend Victor, I always asked, you know, the boss first, and <laughs> and Victor is uh, the head of the marketing department at Fujifilm, and he didn't even he didn't even take a breath. He says, "No, no, no, that's just not for me. Stacy's going to handle this better than I can handle it." So, <laughs> um, uh, and and I, I don't know if you. You know, I think it would have been nice to have both of you, but Stacey, you're the best. I keep telling you that, and it's a pleasure having you uh, with us. John, any last? No, no. I mean, I've got I've got more questions, but you know, for now, I don't think they're relevant. I think I think the only point that I will make, just to recap, I had a big aha moment, Stacy, when you were talking. Uh, we were talking about the Kaizen. Um, continual updates that Fuji sends out. And that's that's one of the things that that makes the Kool-Aid so sweet for Fujifilm is that you know you you want you want loyalty from your customers to you as most companies do, but Fuji is loyal to their customers. And that's something that you don't see out of a lot of companies, especially global brands, but but and that loyalty that that Fujifilm gives to us, the customers, is it's felt. I mean, I feel it all the time in in everything that you guys do, and and that's what makes working with you guys so wonderful. Wow, that's great to hear. I like your aha moment, John. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> You're welcome. Hundred percent spot on. And again, yeah. you know, folks, if you if you shoot other brands, you know, this is not meant to be a commercial hour for the Fuji film company. It's just that we have the ability to get someone like Stacy on to talk about things that, you know, that, that are above our pay grade, as they say. And it was a pleasure having her, um, whatever you use, get out there and shoot and enjoy what you do. And, and, uh, it's all good. It's all good. So I think we'll put a, put a nail in this for today, folks. Again, um, you can go to our website, wetalkphoto.com, subscribe. Uh, we're on every major, every major, uh, uh, podcast outlet distributor, distributor and, um, as well as on our website, you have our email address, we talk photo at Gmail and, uh, any ideas for future podcasts or some folks you'd like us to have on. It's all good. John, any last minute? Hellos, goodbyes. Hello and goodbye. Thank you very much for listening. Okay, we'll see you all soon. Thank you. Bye, guys. All right, bye-bye.